episode of A Decent Podcast. Chris Clayton and Callum Gagne with you. We're excited about this episode after receiving, per the title, after receiving listener feedback. We're talking a lot less basketball. That's what the people want, Callum. That's what they want. So they want. We're going to give it to them. I mean, you know, no voice cracks, no no NBA talk. We're just going to give them our random thoughts about random stuff. That's right. <laughs> I mean, we love talking basketball and we have a lot of thoughts, but uh, I think people seem to be more entertained by when we talk about other things. So that's what we're going to do here. So the first thing on my mind is uh, has been the Iowan winter here. It has been just ridiculously cold. But it's actually 30 degrees today. It is a balmy 30 degrees. How are <laughs> Did you get your shorts out? Yeah, I got my shorts out. <laughs> doing some tanning outside it's crazy out here what about you in dc how, how are things there it's absolutely freezing it's been freezing for I mean, the last like been, two though? weeks Did you get down no. to negative 20 no i didn't get down to negative 20 that's a good point i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna take back just a sec it has been really cold though i mean it got down to negative two is the lowest we hit but uh dc has been so unbelievably cold and it's so uh arid here that I'm like dealing with my own crisis. I had to order like a humidifier, like a little wiener, because <laughs> my, everything in my apartment is like metal and it shocks me. And I'm already like such an electric person. Like if you know me personally, I have this issue in my life to the point where like my old job at OSU, I would have to wear certain types of soles on my shoes because no I'm like, way. I developed this. Yeah, I swear. Cause I developed this like paranoia where I like, I knock things that are metal to discharge electricity. So like in my house right now, I have to like, always knock on different things just to discharge and that's like every two steps i take and it's like 30 percent humidity in here you know it's crazy you know what's incredible my dad has this crazy issue where <laughs> when he <laughs> when he walks out of stores the alarm goes off as if he's stealing things whoa so he gets stopped we have i i mean this has been an issue for a long time so um when I used to go to stores with him all the time, you know, when I was younger and I still lived at home, uh, we would have him, you know, take everything out of his pockets, like take his jacket off, and it, that thing would go off. I swear he could go through one of those store monitors to see if you've stolen something, like, naked, and it would go off. I don't know why. I don't know if he has something inside of his body, but it would go off every time to the point where <laughs> if he was in the mall, you know, because in the mall you're going in and out of a lot of stores. Right. He'd walk out of a store. The alarm would go off. He wouldn't even turn around. He would just nonchalant. His body, his body language would not change. And he'd just walk out like, yep, yep, that's me. I'm just stealing a few items. And He's like a Stanley superhuman. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get him on that show. The man who never stole anything. Well, you think it's because like, maybe he didn't cut the tags off? So it was like scanning merchandise because he was going to return them a year later? No. <laughs> That would be a, a move of him to, to to leave it on so we could return it later. <laughs> right. Because he's an extreme couponer. But no, he – we I mean, we did the test. We took bags out of his hands. We had him, like, clear of his pockets and his jacket and everything, and it would go off. So it could that, be that, worse. So your issue is you get shocked. His issue is that store monitors just seem to alarm it's just like everyone. so mentally taxing to always – like, literally, I will I, – I used to I, work, I used to work in the ID center where you can say – I'm not kidding. I used to walk around with a stapler because I would get shocked. I'd have to discharge continually wow. with the stapler, you know, to be in constant contact with metal. So, like, if I go to the bathroom right now, I have to, like, you know, like, tap the tap the doorknob with my knuckle and, like, it, like, sparks. You can see it in the dark. Like, when you shut the lights off, you can see the sparks. Wow. 
It's crazy. So you bought. A I'm like Tesla. I'm like Nikola Tesla. So I bought a humidifier. <laughs> Trying to solve and, that. And uh, I'm hoping that. Yep. Yeah. Because even my cat's electric right now. Like I pet my cat and it like shocks me by the end. I get to the tail. It's crazy. That's amazing. I've never heard of that problem. That's wild. So you yeah, think, you don't want to. Do you think there's just not enough moisture? How how does that happen? I mean, I'm not a scientist, but what is go what's going on there? Allegedly, apparently. I don't know anything about weather. And first so off, I have a whole vendetta about a humidity. So there's about, about a crazy up right now. I can already tell. <laughs> yep. Something's going to be made up. But, the you know, the humidity in winter gets really low um, in the air because it's so cold. Right. And then the air that they pump heat from is also taken from there. But it's also it's even further dehumidified. So then when it when it pumps into apartments, it's like apparently like little deserts. I read this on Reddit. This isn't 100% made up. <laughs> so it turns into like little deserts and like electricity is like really common in apartments in winter. Okay, but let me just say I have a gripe with like the humidity rating system. Okay. Like what is 100% humidity? 100% humidity to me is like water. Water is 100% humid. Thank you. We, we had days in Iowa during the summer because it's incredibly humid in the summer. And it, it's hot. I mean, it's bad. But there are days when it was, you know. 110% humidity. And that's what I said. I was like, what does that mean? 110% humidity means we're underwater. Like we had Noah's Ark flood and we're all just underwater. If the we Titanic have 110... was 110% humidity. Yeah. If we have 110% humidity, you should alert me so I can prepare my emergency boat. But it doesn't, I don't understand the rating. Again, I'm not smart enough probably, but it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm with you there. I've been trying to literally every time I like get on a roll, I try to talk about humidity ratings. Like, I don't know. That's my go-to because I don't understand. I don't understand anything about them. It's like, what is 50% humidity? That's like halfway down my vodka soda at night. I'm 50% humid. Like, just got to get to the bottom. I don't understand. It makes no sense. We got to redo the rating system. What's the top? What do you think the top percentage is? That's true. I mean, if we can get to over 100%. I mean, when are you underwater? Like, if I'm in the ocean, <laughs> right? If I'm in the deepest part of the ocean, you know, or if I'm deep in the lake where the Loch Ness Monster lives, what's the percentage there? 10 million percent? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it can't be a thousand percent. I I would think it would be a thousand. I would like to keep it, right? I mean, if you, if you were 110 percent and, like, you walked outside and you were sweating, you're, you know, you're sweating, like, Florida's probably over 100 percent. Yeah. So that means like water is like, I don't know, 10 times more than that. So I would say, you know, the top is 100%, 10 times more humidity than the air in Florida. It is water. So I would say it's a thousand percent would be the max cap. It's got to be. I mean, that's a flawed system. Again, it's like Pythagorean theorem. We are very anti. Some of these formulas are just so flawed, and we are just sick of it. That's not, you know what? Let's lump that in with Pythagorean theorem. This is might as well be the Pythagorean theorem. Segment on segment. accident. The humidity ratings make no sense, and we're fed up with it. And that's the only rating that doesn't make sense because it's like I get pressure units. You know, it's like one atmospheric pressure unit per whatever they measure atmospheric pressure units with <laughs> per fish tank, you know, that they test them. But right. I, I don't understand, like, specifically humidity. That one's really flawed, so that I'm sick of that. There you go. You get that off my chest. Yeah. No, that's a good, really good point. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Iowan winter has been uh, has been brutal. So before the holidays, because this is our first episode since um, pre-holiday break, if you will, or a pre-Christmas break, if you want to be specific and want to 
uh, if seem to be triggered by the term happy holidays, I'll say pre-Christmas, but uh, <laughs> pre-holidays, uh, this is our first episode since then. And the, I mean, all hell is really broken loose here in Iowa since we hit January and since around Christmas. We didn't have any snow. We didn't really have any ice. I mean, things were dry and just kind of cold. Uh, and then I wanted to leave and drive to the airport in Minneapolis on the 22nd of December. And that is when we got snow. We got snow that night, the night of the 21st, and I was going to fly, you know, early morning. And it was a perilous journey. Let me tell you why. I had to drive to Minneapolis so I could get home for the holidays. And it was icy. I mean, there's a little bit of snow, but there's enough to the point where the roads got really icy. And I was sliding all over the highway. I mean, I was on, you know, the, the highway and then the interstate. I was the slowest car by far. I mean, we're talking. So I first get on. I see other cars flying by me. So I'm like, okay, I mean, maybe I'll just drive like 50. And I immediately started sliding. And then I was like, oh, this is not happening. You know, so I I go down to around 40. But at one point, there's a truck coming. And these trucks, semi-trucks just don't, I don't know what kind of tires they have. I don't know if it's their weight. I don't know. But they're flying by. Probably their weight. Probably the weight, yeah. They're going like 65, like as if it's a hot, sunny day and everything's beautiful. The roads are perfect. So they're just zooming by me, and I feel like I'm going to get crushed. I'm just in fear the whole time because I'm periodically sliding, which for an Oregonian like me, I'm not used to it at all. I mean, I'm just freaking. Every time I start sliding, I'm like, here it is. I'm dead. Here it is. It's all over. (laughs) I had a good life. I'm dead. But at one point, I start sliding and tail whipping back and forth. My car is kind of fishtailing. And the truck, there's a truck right behind me that was about to pass. So he slows down for a second, seeing me just, you know, sliding back and forth. I'm inside my car, squeezing my steering wheel like, oh, my God. Ah! And hey, <laughs> yeah, all the, way around hey, the whole time while I'm sliding. I later learned <laughs> the very easy solution is that I just put the clutch in. And then tap the brakes, and it stops me. But this is, you know, my first experience. So I braked kind of hard, and I was just... That's not good. You're not supposed to brake. No, I didn't brake that hard. I braked for a second, and then I let off, but I kept sliding. So I kept sliding, and then, uh, I, you know, I figured with the truck coming, he was just going to just wipe me out and just take <laughs> me out, and I was about to die or at least flip over a few times. But uh, he slowed down. I regained control. And he zoomed by. I'm sure he was in his truck like, noob. What a novice. Clearly a foreigner. He doesn't even know how to drive on ice. But, I mean, I regained control, and I was just like, oh, my God. It was, it was a near-death experience in my mind. So I'm traumatized forever. I don't think I'll ever drive the same. So now in, in town here in Algona, I drive like 15 miles per hour. I mean, I'm just the slowest car on the road. People are behind me flashing their lights, and I'm like, I'm not sliding off this road. It's not happening. I'll get there next week. I don't care. I'm not sliding off and dying. Not here. It's, cr- it's crazy because, like, in Oregon, you we never really drive in snow, you no. know, and, like, ice, like, scares the hell out of me. Like, when Miles and I drove home from, um, you know, Christmas break one time, we had to go over the Ashland Pass um, for everybody in Oregon. is like, the biggest pass between California and Oregon. And I was, like, I was the slowest car by far. You know, I had grandmas and Priuses flipping me off going by me. But, like, you know, I don't want to die. And, like, ice is for real. And I, I have no experience driving it. But over here, if there rains, these people go into a state of shock unlike anything you've ever seen. Really? It rained one drop, like L.A., and everybody was like, 
oh man, people forgot that they had blinkers on their cars and brakes. People were merging into each other. It was complete and total chaos. And the traffic report was, you know how you in Apple you can see like the traffic, like how bad it's going to be? All red. Every single highway in D.C. was completely red on a rainy day. Like, really? like it had ice, but when it when it snows, they sprinkle that magic fairy salt on it and <laughs> takes the humidity down from 110 to zero yeah. percent, and people can fly around. So I don't know what, but when it rains, it's just crazy here. Really? So was it yeah. actually icy, or were they just afraid of the water being on the road? I don't know what that. It's like they had never even seen running water on the road. They're so used to either being like frozen or clear. So they were driving really slow as if it was like an ice storm. But it wasn't even like they were driving slow. It was like some people were driving slow, some people were gunning it, and everybody was trying to switch lanes. Like their lane had, you know, a bomb in it, and they were just trying immediately to get over. But, the, you know, people here don't use turn signals. Like if, when you come visit, you'll see. You don't use turn signals. That's like a, a weak driver move to do is like try to be safe. <laughs> You know, like you got to prove your masculinity by just merging into another car. Right. So, you're right. So, it was crazy. But your your snow thing, man. I I gripped the wheel. I look like Mr. Incredible. I'm like boxed up to the front. I'm my wind. Like my nose is pressed against the window shield. Anytime there's snow at all. Most of the time, I make fun of people when I look over and they have. You know, the look where you have two hands on the wheel and you're leaned up against the wheel. <laughs> yep. I make fun of those people. I'm like, no, oh, man, look like they've never driven before. They look scared because they're usually driving really slow, too. But, I mean, that was me the whole time. I mean, I was <laughs> leaned up like I had never operated any vehicle of any kind, anything slightly off color on the road. Does that look like <laughs> ice to you? Does that look like snow? And that was me talking to myself, of course. And then I would just, you know, slow down, not break, of course. Because you can't break. So what I would do basically is I would just pray. When I would go over I, patches of ice where I look like – or patches of snow potentially where it looked like ice, I would basically think, okay, I could die right here. Let's just hope for the best and then just roll over it. And then I didn't die, of course. But, uh, I mean, the fear is there. I'm traumatized forever. And the I don't crazy know. thing is people here in Minnesota and Iowa, I mean, they know – I saw other car. I saw another car, a van. He started sliding like crazy. He went into the other lane, but oh jeez, he ca- he regained control and just kept his speed. And what? I was thinking, if that was it's me, like a Super Mario move, <laughs> yeah, it's like he, he spun out on a Koopa shell and just boop, gunned it. Exactly, it's like someone in front of him dropped a banana and he <laughs> spun out a little bit and then regained full speed. And I was looking at him like. I almost started screaming watching him slide a little bit. And he's just like, well, yeah, but it happens, and just kept going. And that's how it is here. I mean, it'll, it'll snow here in Iowa. It'll get, you know, four inches or even an inch. Yeah, as you know, you know, an inch in Oregon or a lot of states, everything's shut down. It's pure panic. It's just mass chaos. <laughs> it's an event people will talk about for 10 years. You know, remember in 2008 when we got snow? But here it's just like, yeah, just some snow, and they run their errands and go to school, go to work. Yeah, it's totally crazy. Uh, You know, what's funny is about uh, about your mindset about like, this is it. I find that I don't know if it's our generation or what, but if one minor inconvenience happens to me or I get in a fight with someone, I'm like, I guess I just can count them out as a friend. I guess that they're just going to like leave me and I'm never going to talk to them again, you know, (laughs) or like I do that with cars, too. Like if I start careening off the road, I'm like, this is exactly how I'm going to die. Like I accept the worst possible (laughs) end condition and I just accept it immediately. But that's usually not how it works. I don't know if it's our generation that does that. I just assume the worst. You know, you know, I don't know. I can only speak 
that's a good question. I can only speak personally. Like for me, I've watched long YouTube compilations of cars <laughs> sliding off the road and crashing because they they're gonna be crazy to watch. You know, they're pretty right. entertaining. It's just one of those YouTube binges you go on, and I'll just see people crashing on snow and ice. And so that was like my experience with ice is watching YouTube videos of people just sliding into each other in 40-car pileups. So then when I get on it, I'm like, I have no chance. It's all over. When I hit this ice, I'm about to slide off the road. I'm about to flip, and I'm going to die, so I better just accept it. And it's just you just immediately think the worst. And I don't know if that's because of exposure to different things you've seen online or what, but I'm with you. I mean, I just assumed I was about to die, and it was over. That could be it, honestly, because, like, for the relationship for with me is like I'm so aware of like divorces and people breaking up that I just assumed like one little fight like my parents had a fight when I was younger like my dad and and Sharon my stepmom I was just like that's it they're getting a divorce like immediately as a little <laughs> kid I was like that's it like they're getting divorced and like it's I think depressing, I, man. I didn't expect to get this deep dude <laughs> sorry I didn't want to go here but it's just like that's like my mindset is I like, accept my fate you know so oh no I'm I'm with you there I mean on the it might not be all millennials. We might be generalizing. It might be just us, but like, certainly, certainly, trust issues for me too. <laughs> with for divorces sure. and things like that. <laughs> right. I'm with you. Um, if one person I meet does something I don't like or untrustworthy, then I just kind of write them off. There's enough people in the world. We don't yeah, need totally. them. There's plenty of people um, to, out there. To change the subject, but not change the subject. On the YouTube, <laughs> on those things, you know, like when you watch, okay. yeah, I'm jumping back to YouTube because, you know, like on the compilations where you see like people on merry-go-rounds just go flying off screen. <laughs> what what kind of people like put those together? <laughs> <laughs> Who scours YouTube and is like um, a kid, small child with bike, zooms off merry-go-round and goes flying off camera. And then they put all the best of, you know, small children flying off camera together. What the hell? Which, which ones didn't make the cut? Nah, yeah. that's not that's not gruesome enough. He flew, but it was he's all right. He only really broke his leg. This compilation has this compilation is for deaths only, thirty feet or greater. <laughs> yeah, like most worst snow pileups, and there's been a lot of snow pileups. So who watched thousands of hours of YouTube videos to be like these are the worst for sure, definitively these are the worst pileups I've seen on YouTube. They use capital letters in the title, so you know they're confident. They're like, trust me, I watched. <laughs> Plenty of kids flying off merry-go-rounds. This is the worst. Watch this video. And you watch it, and sure enough, that was, I mean, that's, that was crazy. That's as bad as it gets. Five, I mean, thumbs up. That's a great video. You can't even construct a worse scenario. They're like, I just got this new Ducati motorcycle. You know what we're going to do? We're going to hook it up on a string. We're going to hook it up to this merry-go-round, and we're going to put my small nephew on it. And you're like, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Jimmy goes flying off screen at a 45-degree angle like Kitty Cannon. He just goes shooting and starts bouncing around. <laughs> Uncle Jeff, why is he always doing that? God, every holiday, Uncle Jeff shows up and wants to use his Ducati and fling <laughs> Put it on a merry-go-round. It's crazy. It's, I've watched way too many of those. I went on a whole like merry-go-round binge, and now I won't get on a merry-go-round. <laughs> <laughs> I won't drive on highways. You're not going to go on merry-go-rounds. Yeah. Equally it's crazy. Dangerous. Oh man! I don't, I've never gone on the. Uh... So you're referring to actual merry-go-rounds where you're on the horse or the the ones oh no I meant swings the, the swings yeah the ones that should be yeah no you know the ones that look like a pie chart but they have the bars like where kids heads go flying back because their dad pushes them like way too hard yes yes okay so like the playground yeah. ride yep yes so there's also the uh, 
the one in their amusement parks where you're on a cha- you're on one chain oh. or two chains. I mean, it doesn't matter. But uh, and you're in like a <laughs> um, you're in a seat that you see on like swing sets, and you just fling around on the chain. People love those. I've I mean, if, since I was a kid, I'm proud of myself that I had the awareness. I never went on those because I was like, that looks that looks terrible. That looks sketchy. And uh, if you watch YouTube compilations, I mean, there's many compilations of either the entire foundation of those falling or people flying off. So the chain swing set fling around merry-go-round ride is, should be banned forever, in my opinion, especially I, at fairs. I totally agree with you there. That is the sketchiest ride. I've never been on. Like, I've gone with people and they're like, let's go on the like, sketchy swing, you know, the one that's like 45 feet tall. And I'm like, no. You know what? I can like see the rust, and you know, like carnies. There's like a, there's like a race to put them up because they they go town to town. So they they put these things up in like two hours. And I'm not an architect, right? I'm not a humidity expert. I'm not any of these things. But if you could put up a giant forty foot swing, to for days on end to swing people around at high velocity speeds in two hours, that's <laughs> compromising integrity on the architecture right there there's nothing worse than a mall <laughs> carnival i mean <laughs> people that go to a mall carnival i've always I've, i mean i've never understood the the carnivals that go up in malls they just travel around to different malls no swing set slash ride <laughs> that's flinging me around at 40 miles per hour should be portable you shouldn't even have no. the ability to take it down like an Ikea piece of furniture and be like, ah, we'll put it up here down the road. We're going to be driving an hour tonight, boys, and we'll put up the swing set tomorrow in which we could fling little children around 40 <laughs> miles per hour. I'm not going on that. That's, that's not happening. Mall carnivals, there's nothing worse. Anything that can be disassembled and reassembled by putting duct tape that's a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven on it to like know which parts go where, I'm not getting on that. It's like crazy. They have like the vomiter vortex ones. And literally, you can see people's old food because they have to, like, spray it off, and then the next person gets on, and I'm like, no. Like, carnivals suck. Traveling carnivals. Did you ever go to the one in Grants Pass, Boatnik, or Dirtnik? <laughs> so, Grants Pass is in southern Oregon. Um, I have I've heard of Boatnik. I've never gone because, Ooh. as far as I knew, I thought it was only boats racing. And I wasn't interested because I was like, oh, I you would really be care about boats. <laughs> <laughs> you would be misled by that misnomer of a name. But no, it's like a full carnival, and like, you know, people come out of like the woodwork. And like, okay, before I go into this, I'm not bashing anybody from Grants Pass that's listening. But you're about a little to, bit. You're about but to. I'm about to bash yeah. them. Yeah, okay. no offense, but I'm about to be offensive. Like, if you, you know, it's sad. Like, people will save and like go to this boat nick. It's like a you know collective thing for Grants Pass, and they'll they'll go and they'll win all these really crappy prizes. <laughs> I took I took my girlfriend Mallory there and like we walked into the local shares and she'd never been into shares one so I had to like I had to break the well, experience to before her. Before you let's not clump Sherry's into Burant's Pass. Sherry's is an incredible establishment. Incredible place, right? Thank you. We walked in and the person was like, Did you guys come from Boatnik? And I was so triggered, I was so offended that she thought that I came from Boatnik. Like I took that to heart and like I tried to like, I don't want to be associated with that place at all. I was like, what would make you think that? <laughs> no, I'm not from Boatnik. Give me a table. Yeah, just I just I'm here for the you know, the pies. Um <laughs> uh, my coworker had never had Red Robin. Ooh, and is that crazy or what? That's so we just went there the other day and they're incredible. But so yeah. There's Boatnik. <laughs> There's Bodick for you. That don't go there. If you're in Grants Pass, you don't want to go there. Oh, hey, <laughs> speaking of establishments that are incredible, uh, the other weekend I went to Madison, Wisconsin for New Year's. 
So I guess it was last weekend. Uh, my friend lives in Madison, Wisconsin, Cyrus. Uh, he invited me for New Year's, and so I drove to Madison. It's only five miles, uh, five hours away, I should say, from where I live here in northern Iowa. And while there, well, by the way, while I was on the way there, <laughs> I saw. This is exciting for me. I, I've always had uh, an infatuation with Amish people, so I saw. <laughs> Amish people on the way there, which was just incredible. In western Wisconsin, right after crossing the border, cruising along on the highway, because as you said earlier, they, 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 you know, they put the magic fairy dust on the highway, and it's dry the whole time you're driving, which is just incredible. It's just salt, I think. I don't know. Whatever. Let's not even talk about that. But I saw Amish people, and they, you know, first I see the cart, and then I see the horse, and I'm like, yes! <laughs> I love seeing Amish people, because it is just what... You know, when they see cars cruising by going 65, they're about to make it to their location in an hour, and they're on a four-hour trek, I wonder what's going through their mind. You know, I wonder if they're considering breaking Amish, if you will, and, and leaving <laughs> leaving the tribe. But I saw them cruising along. Um, I saw a uh, an Amish cart going against the wind. So their solution was, and it, you know, this is western Wisconsin slash Iowa. This is the Midwest. So it was negative 10 degrees for, for oh, perspective God. there, but their solution was to put an umbrella out in front of them <laughs> so that they couldn't see the highway at all, so that their horse was doing the navigation basically down the, down the right side of the highway. So if they got us track, I mean, I don't know what their solution is. I don't know if they have a system there, but... Uh, that is truly unbelievable. Like, that was, that was a breaking... That was the Einstein of the Amish community came out and he was like, wait, what if we used umbrellas as a window shield and just like we braced against the negative 10 degree Jeb, upwinds? Jeb, we don't have umbrellas. That's against, it's against the Amish way. We don't use umbrellas, Jeb. How'd they get their hand? Wait, did they make the umbrellas or they order them? Also, do they measure their horse and buggies by horsepower like we do? They're like, this is a two horsepower horse and buggy. The ones I saw were one horsepower. One horsepower. This is one. I horse. mean, can you imagine seeing a two hundred horsepower car go by? <laughs> I mean, they must be blown away by how many horses are in there. I saw, I saw a car commercial actually where there are <laughs> four hundred <laughs> horses around a car, and it was you know representing oh, well, uh, horse horsepower, a car is powerful, whatever. Imagine seeing a cart with four hundred horses. Oh, but the thing is, they still couldn't go as fast as the Ferrari cruising by at 500 horsepowers because you'd have to have every single individual horse collectively going 70 miles per hour. Think that just that. dawned on me, actually. That actually just dawned on me. I think it's not just... about that. It's about the weight they pull. Oh, man. I didn't even – I literally have never thought about that, but until you extrapolated the situation to have 400 horses lined up in a row, and I thought they couldn't go any faster because they'd just be stepping on each other's hooves. <laughs> like, this is a revelation. I didn't think about that either until I just said it out loud. Yeah. That's a great – Because before I was like 10 horses, they could probably go 50 miles per hour, but now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> For some reason, I had the thought if you put more horses together – they could increase the, their its speed, you know? Like, if the Jamaican 100-meter team banded the four fastest runners together, they could go, like, 70 around the track. That's not like how a it bunch works. Of cheetahs got together in ropes. They could just take down anything they wanted. Oh, wow. That, that makes me sound the, like an idiot. Yeah, the seven cheetahs could go the speed of light. That's <laughs> not how it works. Oh, man, that is... What a revelation. Well, you know, I mean, going back to the Amish people like obviously i don't know anything about them that is like a really 
admirable and daring lifestyle, especially today in, in 2018. And that is, can you imagine giving up all that stuff? I mean, you did for a short period of time in Iowa, but not by choice. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you know, I couldn't, couldn't afford to pay my uh, internet and cable bill. So for a short time, <laughs> your there, water was frozen. Yeah, everything was frozen. Basically, it was Amish. So yes, thank you for reminding me. That's one thing I wanted to talk about. So as I mentioned, I went up to Minneapolis the twenty uh, second of December before the holidays uh, to go home, and while I was gone, it was incredibly cold. Right? It was you know a negative temperature, whatever you know in the te- in the uh, single digits or around zero, and my heater stopped working. So I got back twenty seventh. It, I mean, it was like in my house. It was like it was outside, right? So it was it was below, well below freezing inside my house, and everything was frozen. I mean, the dirty dishes I had left, the little bit of water inside of them was totally frozen. Okay, everything was oh. frozen. Anything in the fridge, you know, actually, the stuff in the fridge was still okay because of the seal inside the refrigerator. Uh, anyway, anything else left in the freezer, like if I had like lotion or sunscreen still out, that was frozen. Everything was frozen, and then. Go in the bathroom, and my water also wasn't working, but that's another story. I got it to thaw out eventually after, like, four hours. But my toilet water was frozen, and so— That's crazy. I had—this is gross, but I'm just going to be honest here. I had to go, so I I peed on top of the frozen water inside the bowl. Okay, I had to go. And it came out and it was steaming like a like a like I was a fire breathing dragon. I mean, it was steaming. That's how cold it was in my house. Like if you you know if you see videos of people peeing outside or if you pee outside, you see how much it steams. That's what it was for me inside my home in my bathroom. Um, turned out my entire toilet was frozen. So in the in the rare situation where you open the top of the toilet and you see the uh, the mechanisms there to make the toilet work. That water was no all. <laughs> that water was all frozen. The whole toilet, hundred percent frozen. I mean, it could have been bad. It could have cracked the toilet. Could have crap cracked the pipe. But that's how cold <laughs> it was in my house. The entire toilet was frozen. <laughs> Un- the good news is you save money on heat. Yeah. Right? You didn't run your heat the whole time, dude. You were good. The whole time I was gone, I didn't I- use any. You know, my gas and electricity bill was way down, which was just great. <laughs> I cannot believe that. I can't believe you like slept in those kind of conditions i mean well you went my you went full sub-zero my side of the mountain everest on it yeah the first night i only had to sleep in it one night but i had i had my heater going full blast uh or not my heater sorry my space heater so i had a space heater going full blast i had the oven going full blast um it's an electric oven so i didn't die didn't have to die of you know carbon monoxide poisoning but we were worried about you yeah, I got a text from you saying, like, don't die. You're going to get gas poisoning. And it was electric. But that, you know, heated up the room a little bit. It was enough. It was really cold. But then my landlord did a great job. He fixed my heater. And then he also thawed out my toilet by blasting a personal space heater right at the toilet, which thawed all the water. So great job by my, my landlords. Um, so everything's working now fine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was just a crazy Iowa adventure there my whole house that is freezing over rock bottom because yes. in contrast i had i had a, i was having a cocktail at oh, a God. had a showing of the new star wars and i was like texting you and i was like <laughs> had my chicken nuggets to nan and i was like this poor kid is like 
he's gonna have to get his sleeping bag out just to survive the night. I really didn't think you were even gonna survive. I mean, you know, people wake up dead. You know, you could have been dead. <laughs> you could have yeah. died. I, I was worried died. about the carbon monoxide. I wasn't worried about the the, the cold conditions, but I yeah. yeah, that is unbelievably cold. I I open the back of the toilet. My toilet's always broken. Speaking of that, so I know all about those mechanisms. So if you ever need to fix your toilet, I'm the guy. Get FaceTime you and show you all the the mechanisms there in the back, and you'll fix it. it. In Germany, my toilet wasn't working for an entire weekend, and like you know, I had a German landlord that like knew two words. He knew like money and like now. Wait, he would be like <laughs> money now. He would go. He would go room to room. Is that, are, you, he was, are you serious? Are you just... I'm dead serious. I swear. <laughs> when I when I signed my lease. I had he looked he looked like a total drug dealer. He wore like a like a leather jacket and he had like spiked hair and he's like forty five and like people with spiked hair then they're forty five are drug dealers like fifty <laughs> percent of them. Yep. And so he I just showed up and he was like money now and I was like I was like oh, Voss and I was like what the and he <laughs> he was like money now and I was like okay money now and so I had to like walk down and get my rent but he would go he would go door to door and collect rent every month and my rent was really cheap there so it like wasn't a big deal I usually had that in cash. But, oh, man, my toilet was broke, and it's a wall toilet because European toilets don't show the inner workings. They don't show the, the mechanisms. Um, so when it broke, I had to completely take apart the lever flushing thing and try to finagle the tubes in the house. But wow. there was one week, and I, I didn't, I didn't figure that out. That. How did you do that? No, I wasn't either. I wasn't either. I just— I just started taking – I was so frustrated because it had been two days. I can't use my own toilet, and I don't know about you, but after two days of not using your own toilet, you start to get backed up, and you, you get, get desperate, dude. You get fed up. Yeah, you get fed up. I was literally. desperate. Yeah, I was literally using my friend's toilet upstairs. Like, what an inconvenience to her. And so, yeah, I was Actually, like – I became an expert. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Put that publicly. But uh, – <laughs> but uh, – yeah, I'm like an expert in toilet mechanisms now. That's it was crazy. Cool. It always went out. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, oh, you mentioned um, Star Wars. You saw Star yep. Wars? What would you think? Saw it. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts. Uh, okay, I had to, too. I saw it as well. I saw it. Uh, I can't afford going to movies myself, so I went ho- I went uh, back home <laughs> with the family, so my dad paid. My daddy got me the ticket and also got me oh, popcorn. That's nice. It was really nice. So I saw it there. We were in the front row, though. Have you ever watched Ooh, in the theaters? That sucks. The very, yeah, the very front row. It's it's terrible. I refused to go. I saw the Grinch when I was a little kid. Very front row. Scared the hell out of me. Um, and I refuse to go sit front row. Front row now. It's cre- Grinch is creepy. That'll do it to you. But also, that's a great movie. But yeah, it is. Movie. But in general, just the front row is terrible. But we paid for the ticket, so right. As a Clayton, the Clayton family, we we're not gonna leave. We paid for the ticket, so we were like, I mean, we were mad, but we went to the front row. We watched, and it was a, uh, it was good. I thought it was good. Um, I have some issues too. What what stood out about you that you? Because a lot of well, people, we all a lot of people hated it. Some people really loved it. It's a polarizing movie, and this is a. Everybody's had their thoughts about Star Wars, and we're we're way behind. But I don't care. We're gonna talk about Star Wars. All right, that's gonna happen. Yep. What do you? What did you think? Okay, so just like general thoughts before we like get more specific. Yeah. I thought that they did a good job of like reconciling the old movie humor balance. I thought that the last two new movies had like no humor, and this one had more humor, which was good. With that being said, the caveat is that too many people were trying to be funny. Like Luke Skywalker in the old movies wasn't even funny. He wasn't even comic relief. And like 
you know, that scene where her, the, the last movie ends with like her giving his lightsaber, her lightsaber to him. Yes. And then like it cuts into that same scene and he just like chucks it, which is like funny. But if I watch that again, I'm just going to get pissed, you know, because it like doesn't align at all with the past movie. Right. If you watched then, it, that movie and then straight into this movie, it would have been total mismatch, which is just kind of weird. Right. And like, you you know, if you watch the Harry Potters, they're not a total mismatch. Like the total themes are there. Um, the directors tried to play off past directors. But my other gripe with it overall was like, there's so many ups and downs, dude. Like how many times is the resistance or whatever their little band of army men is the called? Rebellion. Like gonna, the, rebels. the rebellion, whatever. How many times are they going to like escape on fume gasoline? Like how many times is the empire going to not snuff out the rebellion? It's part of the charm, you know? though. It's the underdog story. I get it, but like, you know, in like if in NBA, you can't keep hitting buzzer beater shots to win consecutive games. You can't keep getting decoyed, uh, you know, Skywalker to save you every flipping movie. Yeah, but the charm, are they going to move on? The charm of the rebellion is that they can keep doing that. You know, no, they need to build like an army. I don't want like three hundred ended in everybody dying. That's what I want. I just like it's unrealistic to keep escaping. An OP'd enemy like this. But that's the joy of it. Is you know, If it was like real life, like the NBA, the Empire is the Golden State Warriors. Sorry, Warriors fans. And they would just dominate, and they would just destroy the rebellion of LeBron James. LeBron James is basically Luke Skywalker, and the Warriors <laughs> would just destroy <laughs> Luke Skywalker and the rebellion. And we'd be, you know, we'd be sitting around complaining, like, God, I hate the Empire. I'm sick of it. Every t- Kevin Durant joined the Empire like a traitor that he is, and I'm sick of it. It sucks. But with this one, the rebellion led by LeBron James just stays alive. They stay alive just through smart strategic moves and heart and the force, and I love watching it. Yeah, but, okay, so, like, for instance, you know, like, at the very end when they're on that red salt planet, right? Right. And, like, the entire flipping evil empire was outside their front door. Not one person, that entire fleet was like, you know what? What if they escape through the back door guys? What if, what if there is a back door? <laughs> that's a good point. Don't, you know what a, I mean? That's a good point. But I feel like you could poke a hole. You could poke that hole in like every hero movie, right? I mean, come up with a, a movie where the good guy wins. I'm pr- where the good guy underdog beats the, bad guy that has more power, I think you could poke a hole in that in, in all facets. Like when LeBron James was able to beat the Warriors, you could have said, you know, really, Matthew Delavadova? Do you really think he would have, do you really, you know, they're not going to expose Matthew Delavadova? They didn't. I get it, but well, like, kind of did. I but. mean, we're, we're eight movies in, and it's like literally the same thing. I want like more where like the rebellion is like full force. I want a battle royale. I want them to have tanks too. Okay, that's you know? fair. So you want the rebellion to get powerful enough to get their own resources. Right. I'm sick of the escaping. I want them to have, like gear up and like literally like take it to them. You know, I don't want like one podunk little spaceship like the taxi spaceship where the little rudder was falling off. You know, like in the where he's going to drive that thing into this giant. What the hell? I don't want that storyline anymore. I want them to face off both of them in like those droid ships and like blow each other out of the well, sky. The rebellion would dominate if they Why? did that because the rebellion has the force and they would have multiple people with the force. No, but the dark side has the force too, dude. Well, didn't you watch? Now that uh, Snoke died, okay. For, just as a forewarning, we don't know any of the planet names. Some of the character <laughs> names we forget. We're not Star Wars buffs, okay? But. <laughs> That's just a warning for everybody listening. 
<laughs> I feel like there's more for the next movie at least. There'll be more people with the force that are on the rebellion than compared to, to compared to the dark it's, side. Kylo it's like Ren's a goonie squad. Yeah, well, the Kylo Ren's the only one on the dark side with the force. He just bullies his buddies around. Oh no, dude! You know what the next movie's called, right? What's it called? Knights of Ren, dude. He's got a bunch of Jedi's with him. No, you didn't know. You're not a hot Star Wars buff like me. You know what? You might be a buff. I actually did not know that. <laughs> Knights of Ren. Ren. You know, like Kylo Ren. Oh, Knights of Ren. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, but anyway, I mean, seriously though, they're like escape. Oh, and my other major gripe that we have to talk about on this podcast, or I will never forgive myself, is when Leia. Oh man, Leia, Naruto Leia. float. Whatever, Leia, Leia. <laughs> Chief Naruto floats like <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, all the way back to the spaceship. Like, if, if people could survive in outer space, we would have done that like forever ago. She has the force, though. She has no. She element, doesn't. She has an element of the force. She has a little bit of the force. How much of the force, dude? She she's floats. Luke, she's Luke Skywalker's sister. She has the force. She's never used it before. She had to save her skin. Well, she floated through space like Superman. She's used it kind of. She's sensed other things in other movies. She just has not just have enough of it. <laughs> well, she's got enough to fly through space. She could have taken out. Well, she should have flown to the enemy ship and was... started like boom, boom, like kicking people out of the way okay, with her force that never powers. Happened. She didn't use that with the force. Plus, it was an emergency. She was about to die. She that was used... the cheesiest thing I've ever seen. Dude. I will say that was a little weird. Um, I booed. I, I felt like moans coming out of me because it was so bad. I will say, uh, here we go. Here's a nerdy reference for Call of Duty fans that this is going to be like <laughs> no one listening to this podcast. But <laughs> on Call of Duty, so here we go. If you just oh, yeah. don't know anything about Call of Duty, just close your ears and just like do something else, make a sandwich real quick, and then come back. But uh, there's <laughs> a map of Call of Duty zombies called Buried on one of the Call of Duties, and there are these witches that fly around. When you try to get to the Pack-A-Punch, <laughs> a.k.a. Yep. the upgrade machine to upgrade your gun, and they fly just like... <laughs> it's really creepy in the game. It's a, they did a great job. In the movie, she flies just like those creepy witches did. So That, that is spot on. There you I go. just can't... Well, did he play that game, and he was like, you know, it'd be a sick idea. Instead of Leia dying, He's like, you why know don't what? we that just have her like, fly back? It kind of looks like Princess Leia. What if I had her fly through space just like a witch? Yeah. I mean, seriously... You can't tell me with a straight face that you were like, you watched that and you were like, oh, that per makes perfect sense. You know what? You're right. I smirked. <laughs> I <laughs> like the movie so much that I didn't, I didn't fully get mad about it. If I watch other movies and something dumb happens like that, I get mad. I'm like, ah, it's just stupid. This movie sucks. But I really love Star Wars movies, and I love that movie because I thought the fighting, the uh, the Star Wars bat, or the Star Wars, like. <laughs> Stupid. The lightsaber <laughs> battle. The lightsaber battle between uh, Kylo Ren and Rey and those Knights of Red. Those red. Yep. See, again, this is yep. just, I don't know what these guys are called. The guys dressed in red. They look like ninjas. That was awesome. And there were other that awesome, was awesome parts. For example, when that uh, captain or general, whatever she was, went into light speed and took out the Empire ship. I thought that was incredibly okay. done. I thought that was awesome. I have another gripe with that. Why don't? Why doesn't the rebellion just do that with every ship? Then I saw they're I losing like hundreds of people. They just get the biggest ship you got and take it at light speed towards the Death Star and cut that thing in half. That is dumb. That's true, but you'd have to sacrifice someone. You have to have someone sacrifice their life, or you could. Oh man, I guess people sacrifice. 
the bomber lady right in the beginning sacrificed her life to press that damn button. That she could have just light speeded her ship into it. Okay, that's I mean that's a fair point. So did you not like the movie at all, or did you? No, I liked it. Okay, I thought it was entertaining. <laughs> Definitely the best part was like the side characters, like the little animals they had on the island, and the little maid, uh, like frog looking things. Those were <laughs> hilarious. Like when Wait, Ray I cuts out talking about what what things. You know, like the maids that clean up Luke Skywalker's place? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. They look like Ewoks. Yeah, those are... Yeah, yeah, like the hairless Ewoks. Yes. They, when she chops that rock and it takes out that maid cart, that was hilarious. Yes. I thought that was... And uh, it, right in the beginning where, he, where he's like, General Hux, and, and then he goes on this long tangent, and he's like, are you there? I'm holding. And then that was, like, hilarious, too. Yes. So a lot of the movie was awesome. The visual effects were awesome, but... It was too much, dude. It was like a whole roller coaster. It was so long, too. That's fair. Uh, also, and this has been a complaint of a lot of people, the story of Finn and uh, Rose oh, was pointless. That first was the all, worst. First of all, the, their story was not very impactful. I mean, when I was seeing them go to this, again, we did, I don't know Star Wars, they went to some planet with casinos, and they freed some animals, uh, we I think we were supposed to think that whoa that was cool and I was like what are they doing they're just this is just yeah. aimless just what do they do they're just traveling this should be like a separate movie or like a travel blog or something what's going travel. on just start a travel blog or do a little vlog I mean I don't know and then they come back to the rebellion after getting because they meet the stuttering guy from the Heineken commercials <laughs> yeah. the guy from the Heineken commercials they meet him and he helps in actually getting a lot of the rebellion killed because without them they wouldn't have known there was a fleet of the transport ships going towards that red right. salt planet we mentioned earlier <laughs> it got three quarters of the rebellion killed yep Finn totally. and, Rose and then got three quarters of the rebellion killed they come back and they just welcome them with open arms as if everything's okay they went they didn't have to go on their little espionage mission to take out the tracker they decided to they got to be accountable for the actions I thought when Finn was going kamikaze on the weapon, I thought that would have been suitable. I thought it would have been heroic of him to die that way. Right. I did too. I completely agree. Like Rose, that whole character and the romance part of that was the worst thing that I've watched in the Star Wars to try to add another character. They have no point in being there. They were riding those kangaroos through the town like that they were going to escape. That was so dumb. I felt like I was watching like, magical beasts and where to find them or something like we had switched movies 100 percent, and i had this whole narrative with like oh you see all these rich people they're evil because they're rich but they, i mean like like and like the guy pointed i guess the whole storyline was to be like there's good and bad on both sides but they could have just summed that up in one line they could have they should have cut every part with rose in it every I, single part right i think we were supposed to hate the people in the casino but right. i mean i didn't I, when they were being flooded and the casino was destroyed, I was just like, wow, that's inconvenient. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand. That was just a, that was a hit and a miss there. That was, oh, that, was, that was terrible. But those, those animals were cool, I guess. Yes. I mean, the cool. kangaroo, the kangaroo chasing though looked like totally forced. I mean, yeah, but yeah. anyway, but again, it was a good movie. <laughs> After it was. All the bash. Overall, it was a good movie. Yeah. Oh, totally. one other thing I wanted to talk about Ray's parents, She's she's spending the whole movie deciding or, or trying to figure out right the history of her parents, which is it's just, right. that's a good storyline. I mean that's very right. relatable for a lot of people. That's in, important. That's intense, and you're wondering, wow, I wonder who her parents were. She has the force and blah blah blah. And then 
uh, Kylo Ren at the end just says, your parents were junk traders. And you're just thinking, after all that, they're just junk traders? So I had an issue with that. I will say maybe the next movie he was lying and there's more to it. But still, I mean, it was uh, it just seemed odd yeah. to be the whole movie that was an important, intense storyline we could relate to. And then they just say, oh, they're just junk traders. Don't worry about it. It was weird, too, because, like, that, you know, like, the super black abyssal, like, sea anemone told her that, like, what, what she seeks is within her. You know, yes. when she falls down that hole on that island and she's, like, in the, an episode of Black Mirror and she's looking <laughs> at herself over and over. What the hell was the point of that? I mean, if her parents really were junk traders, I think the whole thing, I think all those scenes, all the crap scenes, were trying to get people to, like, realize that there's good and bad on both sides. But it was just so poorly done that it was, like, and they better not do another brother sister thing like if kylo ren turns out to be her brother i'm gonna be pissed because that's another overused plot in star wars everybody's related to everybody and it's a whole galaxy of people true what the hell the, pr the problem is it would make sense if they were brother and sister because there's no way ray's parents were drunk traders at least to me if she has a, she has you know according to luke skywalker and how much power she has with the force there's no way her parents were no names i mean they had to be right. somebody but I That's what I'm saying too. I hope they're not brother and sister, like you said. And that would be, I'd be uh, just recycling the same thing, and it would just it yep. wouldn't feel as impactful as the first time. Someone needs to die. I'm like calling. I'm calling for something to happen, like really that breaks the Star Wars jargon that they keep throwing at me every single cycle of a movie. Because if it is brother and sister, I'm gonna be so I'm gonna moan and boo and yell because like Kylo Ren definitely has a hots for it too. Which is like a whole other thing too, and that was like an awkward four storyline too. Like they, every time they turn around and he was like shirtless, I was like, "What the hell? Why are they seeing each other all of a sudden?" But that was Snoke though. That was cool. Right, that one made sense. Um, I don't know if he has a hots for. Her. I don't think he did. I think my brother actually mentioned how he thought that too, but I actually think he just wanted to use her for power so he could help her, maybe, or she could help him gain power over the. Uh, over the entire galaxy, but who knows? Good movie overall, despite the issues. Yep, good movie. 80%. I'd say 80% for me. Would suggest high budget, great, well done. Um, so we got a lot. We Oh, oh my goodness. When I went to Madison, we have to talk about this. When I went <laughs> to Madison, the, you know, this is not really related to what we are just talking about, but it was in my notes that we have to talk about it here. Um, and you mentioned a great establishment known as Sherry's, which is also a great mm. establishment. But it pales in comparison <laughs> to Taco Bell Cantina. I mean, it is well documented. I love Taco Bell. All right. So there's a Taco Bell Cantina in Las Vegas. Serve alcohol, which is very cool. You can get Baja Blast infused with, with vodka or rum or whatever you want. There's a Taco Bell uh, Cantina in Madison, Wisconsin, in downtown as well. They don't allow alcohol. The mayor just actually banned them selling alcohol, which is a big fight right now in Madison, Wisconsin. It's, like, really intense. People are very passionate about it because uh, they like Taco Bell there, which I can really relate to. I like. But the cantina, we walk in there, right? First of all, it's nice from the outside. They've got brick. There's nice. beautiful brick front. Yet yeah, when you walk in, there's a little hologram on the floor that says Taco Bell Cantina. Hologram? No. But that's okay. What am I trying to say? It's a uh, you were thinking about Star Wars too much, thinking about holograms popping yeah. out. What am I trying to say? Projected. There's a projection on the floor of a light that says "Talk oh, about Cantina" nice. when you walk in, and this we walk in. This guy says, "Welcome to Taco Bell." 
And we're no. like, oh, well, thanks, man. And he goes, I hope you enjoy your stay. What? This is a Taco <laughs> Bell, dude. And we were like, thanks. I will enjoy my stay. Are you kidding me? I'm about to get quesadillas. Of course I'm going to enjoy my stay. So we get to the counter, and we order our food. Everything's normal. I will say they messed up our order. But when the food got there, you know how people complain because they're like, hey, this doesn't look like the food in the commercial? This yep. looked like the food in the commercial. At a Taco Bell? At a Taco Bell. The, the, the ta- I didn't get a taco, but people I was with had a taco. And they said it was just a beautiful – first of all, it looked beautiful. It looked like a commercial taco. They said the shell was nice and crispy. Most of the time when you get a taco from Taco Bell, as most people know, they're soggy. They're a little chewy. It's just kind <laughs> of a shell. That's a terrible pun. I didn't mean to do that. It's a shell of what the taco could be. But it was perfectly done. And then I got my quesarito. And, you know, I mean I love quesaritos as much as the next guy. But – <laughs> in quesadillas, there's nacho cheese, and it was kind of, you know, it's kind of imbalanced. There's like uh, some bites we have a ton of cheese, and right. it's, it's not really like the commercials where everything's symmetrical and beautiful, and the chicken is is moist <laughs> and beautiful. It's kind of dry. Uh, well, this one I got was, it was like a restaurant quesadillo. I mean, it was everything I could have dreamed of and more. <laughs> I've Did never you- had a quesadilla like that. I could not believe it. I am a changed man. This. This Taco Bell cantina, all Taco Bell should become that. I would pay the extra. It was a, an amazing experience. We left, and that same guy said, "Thanks for coming in, guys. It's been my, it's been my pleasure to serve you at Taco no. Bell." Oh, my God! I wanted to give him a what? tip. I couldn't believe it. It was <laughs> did amazing. You, did you pay extra? No, it's the same price. No way. How can they afford to do that? I don't know, but it's amazing. That is incredible. I went to, I mean, I had to talk about it for the first time this year just over it. Like, what were you thinking? This, One, oh, wait, this year. Okay, this year just yeah, started. No, no. I mean, last year. Really? I, because I was in Germany and they don't have them there. Yeah. I started going through a Taco Bell withdrawals and then I finally got the last Rito out of my system and I was like, that's it for me. <laughs> so I like cut it off till the new year. But I took like my corporate people there and <laughs> they'd never had, you know, those little Cinnabon? Oh, yeah. Oh, they never had one. No. Yeah. What are they right. been doing? So I don't know. They didn't even know. They well, they said they'd never been there sober, and I was like, "Well, you guys are in for a flipping treat because yeah. this is going to be incredible." And one of the guys I was with, he'd never ordered fast food. That's how you know I'm in like a, like in a richer corporate area. He like he didn't know what to do like with the numbering system. So <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. But he he went over there, and she, you know the the ladies are they're like whatever like order number seven twenty five and. He's like looking around at people like he didn't know what to do. And then she was like 725 and like yelled at him because like they know, <laughs> they know. 725, it's you. Yeah. <laughs> I can <laughs> see much. you. And he went over there and he like pointed at his number and showed her. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've ever got an order to talk about, they don't care. You could grab anybody's order. <laughs> you could literally walk in, grab a tray and sit down and people would be like, must have been him. <laughs> He, like, wanted to confirm, and then he asked what he was supposed to do with the receipt, and then I had had enough. I started I, – I came over there, and I was like, can I help you? And he was, like, he was like embarrassed. He's like, I've only ever done this inebriated, and I was like, still, though, never at fast food? Isn't that crazy? Wow. Yeah. So that's my Taco Bell story. Not nearly as like promising as your cantina store. I want them to open one in, in D.C. so I can get, like, right. Baja Blast vodkas there. I will say about that guy, I mean – 
You made fun of him, but you can make fun of me if I go to a five-star restaurant. It's the same experience <laughs> for me. I once went to a restaurant with some richer people where you cook the f- – they came out with these, some type of fish. I honestly have <laughs> no idea what I ate. I literally have no idea what I ate. It was some type of fish, and they came out with a little grill, and you put the fish and cook the fish yourself on the grill. I mean, I was that- thinking – I I better cook this long enough. I don't know what I'm doing. I was like scared. It wasn't even that fun of an experience because I was thinking the whole time like, this could be this could be bad if I cook this incorrectly. And you, it's funny because like it's supposed to be it's supposed to be fancy, but I'm like, can you just yep. bring me out my quesadilla or quesarito? Like, just bring me my food like Sherry's. Like, I don't I don't know what I'm. It's supposed to be fancy, but I'm scared. It's funny. There's like a there's like a valley of fanciness, and it's like you know, really not fancy places. Like they bring your food like instantly. Yes. And then like most places they're like, bring your food in like a reasonable amount of time. But like the fancier you get, they'll peak to like a two hour wait and then they'll peak even further. You're cooking it. Like what the <laughs> heck? I went to, I went to a place, I went to a place in Seattle it was $50 a person and you just cooked everything for yourself. <laughs> wow. You come out with the raw vegetables. You have to chop them. <laughs> yeah, man. They hand you the knife. You pay like $75 for like a night out in D.C. like that. I don't know what it is with fancy restaurants. The waiters and waitresses always do a great job. You know, they'll be like, oh, do you have any questions? And are you enjoying things? And they'll ask you about your life and stuff. But you're like, yeah, can you cook cook the food for me maybe? <laughs> yeah, I got a question. What the heck am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. Is this is grill this? on? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. I, yeah, I've... I don't like those kind of places. I want them to come out with the, you know, with the whole presentation. I want to cook anything. <laughs> I agree. That's why I went out. And bring me a lot of it at that. Don't bring me a little square. Sometimes in the Food Network, I see, you know, a small sampling, a little tiny square or some parsley on it, and I'm like, what was that? The first bite? Bring me a, <laughs> you know, I'll go to a cheap Chinese restaurant, and get a mountain of food. I'd rather have that than one bite of deliciousness. Just you would hate like a lot of restaurants that are in right now are like tapas. So, like, you get, like, a bunch of small dishes. And I always think every time I go out to Tapas that you would hate it because it's, so, because it's like, it's, like, $9, like, and you get, like, one half of a bell pepper filled with, like, quinoa and, like, other fancy stuff. And, it, you know, it's never enough. You eat, like, 18 Tapas and you're up to, like, a $300 bill. And I always think that you would hate them. But I that's, complain. like, in right now. I complain the whole time. I'd probably get it and look around like, is this mine? Is this what I ordered? Just, Who's this for? That'd be disgusting. It's like, you don't want to have to use that the free bread that it comes with as a as a filler. You know that that is like where you draw the line. Is if at the end of your meal you're going, can we get a bread refill? That's where you have to draw the line on a place. Yes. You know. No, I agree. The rest of your table wants some too, but you're like, this is my meal. I have to eat this. This is my bread. <laughs> Sorry. Just Deal with it. Get some olive oil. Pass that down. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, uh, we also have a a new game. You want to play. <laughs> yeah. So okay, I'll, I'll I'll explain this new game. It's just gonna be we're gonna, we're gonna go to Wikipedia. This is our off-brand uh, basketball podcast. So this is our off-brand where we talk about random stuff. I'm gonna go to Wikipedia, Chris, and I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna hit the random article button, and I'm gonna ask you about whatever pops up and your opinion of it. And obviously, you know this is gonna be. You're not gonna have an opinion of this. So whatever this is, I want you to make up. Expose how dumb I am. Okay, I'm gonna hit the I'm gonna hit the random article button. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna hit it again because I can't pronounce that. <laughs> okay, what is your opinion on Mary Lassinger? Mary Lassinger. <laughs> <laughs> I 
can you give me <laughs> what she did? <laughs> Mary Lassinger. Uh, Mary Lassinger. She was a real hero. That's <laughs> um, seriously, man. You don't know about Mary? I'll tell you what <laughs> Mary did. In the face of scrutiny, she became the first woman to ever build a man cave. No. She did? Yeah. She built a woman (laughs) cave. So she had a basement. Her husband wanted to use it for his man cave, but she said, no, this is going to be my woman cave. And it was amazing. She built a... She put a mirror down there where you could do your nails. <laughs> mirror. Um, she put down there a TV, of course, where she could watch her shows. Um, she put, I, yeah, I don't know what else a woman would want in a woman cave, but she put a woman cave where there could be a man cave. So she's actually known as the woman caver. That's her nickname is the woman caver, Mary Lassinger. You didn't Are you know reading that? this article? Are you reading this article? Yeah, you didn't know that? That's Mary oh, Lassinger. I'm reading it right now. She's the... She's the CEO of the SAP 500. Oh, well, that too. And she <laughs> it was the first person to have a woman cave. That's crazy, dude. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't know she... See, I didn't know about the SAP... See, whatever you said. 500 part. <laughs> I didn't know about the CEO part. All I know is the inspirational woman cave story. Wow, yeah. No, man. I, that's crazy. Well, hey, I'm glad that we could get that. I'm trying to find a... <laughs> Hey, wait, hey, this is coming off our old theme. Yeah. I, I clicked random again. Okay. What do you think about the Chrysler Pentastar engine? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Chry- what is it? Chrysler? Which Pentastar? Which, which Chrysler? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah. See, I know about the Chrysler engines. The Pentastar. Yep. The Chrysler right. Pentastar? See. Specifically. Yeah, no. The Pento Star. The Pento Star? <laughs> It's very mediocre. It's pretty average, not great. You know, it's pretty reliable to last you a long time. But you're not going to get the the get up. You're not going to get the speed <laughs> that you will with the Pentastar. Let me tell you about the Pentastar, buddy. All right. Speaking <laughs> of horsepower, this thing, seven hundred and sixty-seven horsepower. If you put no. seven hundred and sixty-seven <laughs> horses, Horse. tie them up, put them in front of a an Amish guy on his on his buggy. You're zooming as fast as the Chrysler Pentastar engine is. I mean, that thing can fly. Also, it gets 700, what is it? Let me think. 710 miles to the gallon. See, this is only for rich, you know, poor people don't know about this. Only rich people have heard about it. 710 miles to the gallon. 700 whatever else I said, 760 horsepower. (laughs) I mean, this thing is, you know, it's got to be seen to be believed. You know what's funny is that if I read the description to you and myself, because I don't know anything about cars, it would sound just as as legit as you just said. Because I'm just going to read the first sentence here: okay. the Chrysler Pentastar engine family. So it's a whole it's a whole family of Pennas. Yeah, so it's like no, a I whole yep. bunch of stars, five of them. Yep. There's dual overhead cam, 24 valve V6 gasoline engines introduced in 2011. So of course they have the dual overhead cams, like the you know the GoPro models. Yeah. There's 24 like individual mechanism valves. You could actually then... watch your engine afterwards if you're really, you know, a connoisseur <laughs> of cars and engines. You could you know drive to the store, come back home, plug in your GoPro, GoPro, and put it into your computer and be like, "Wow, look at that wow. baby go! She's a beaut." 
That's the power yeah. of the Pentastore engine. How'd they squeeze that dual overhead cam into all 24 of those valves? And as a V6, it makes V6 juice. Have you had V6? Oh, that's V8. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> V6, man. I hear that's good. The only reason I say that is because my car has a V6. and I've had What is a V? What does that stand for? I don't know. <laughs> Veloc- <laughs> Velociraptor. Six Velociraptor units. If you had six Velociraptors exert energy in a fight, and then you bottled that up and slapped that in an engine, that's what a V6 could do. That's pretty powerful. <laughs> that is powerful. I mean, I watched them little them little buggers on Jurassic Park like take out a bunch of things, man. You put all six of them in. I apparently no, I don't know. I can't even get to that. It's something to do with liters, volume, volume six. I don't know, man. It's a crankshaft, whatever that means. A crankshaft. <laughs> Sounds like you have to get out of the car and crank it beforehand. <laughs> yeah, like a steam engine, you know, they have to get up and power them out. Yeah. That's probably where it was originally from. Probably. You know, you know what's funny too about horsepower. Just to bring this full circle before we sign off, yep. um, there's no correlation. So the the person that invented horsepower, because I actually looked this up, um, there's no correlation between the power of actual horses. Like a really? typical horse has like 15 horsepower. What kind of crap is that? They should change that and the humidity index. That's underselling horses. It really is. If I was a horse, I'd be I'd be pissed, man. One horse has 15. How does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense. It's just like the humidity thing, man. Like nobody – like people that do this stuff, they lose all basis in reality, and they just think that calling it a horsepower is going to be cool or something. Q Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> Again. There it is. It just played. There it is. Wow. So that's full circle for you. We Boom. went full circle. Well, I, we said we are going to talk less basketball. We're actually going to talk basically no basketball. <laughs> I will say one thing. We bashed the Thunder. I bashed the Thunder. I thought it was time to pack it in, possibly, and give it up. Thunder playing a lot better, 14-5. and five. It seems like Carmelo. Carmelo was the last one on the planet to realize he needs to change his game. He said at some point, I think I just need to adjust my game. No, you think, Carmelo? He, he finally came to him. He's adjusted. Uh, Russell Westbrook's back in MVP form. They're playing fantastic, so credit to them. Also, the Miami Heat are playing a lot yep. better. We talked about them playing a lot better. They are playing better basketball as well. So we just wanted to, to mention those here down the stretch. And, and my quick shout-out, because I just couldn't even believe this, was did you see Rajon Rondo's stat line against the game against the oh Nets? Oh, my. This was a couple weeks ago now, but wow. This is the craziest stat line of all time. Of all time, this is the craziest one I've ever seen. 2.7 rebounds. 2.7 rebounds. 25 assists. 20. Five assists. This guy is a a slinger. I mean, <laughs> if you can, he really, I mean, he is. If you're not a threat to score like at all, but still have 25 assists, that is amazing. That's incredible. This that is, was the craziest stat line. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, he was a, a few off the record of Scott Skiles, but to score two points and be able to yep. to sling out that many assists is just wild. I don't, I don't like, I don't know. I don't understand Rondo, like, side tangent. Like, I thought he was just good because he had Hall of Famers. But this dude racks up assists like nobody else. He seriously can assist the ball. It's crazy. His passing, his some of his highlight passes, his montages that I found on YouTube of everybody that's ever watched any Rondo pass, they put together, like, a top ten list. They are, like, the some of the craziest passes I've ever seen. It is, and it's, you know, a lot of... A lot of point guards who can't score at all in games where they're shooting terribly or not a threat to the defense, their assist numbers obviously go 
down a lot because when they drive to the hoop, the opponent's just saying, right. okay, you're just going to kick it out. Let's stick to our man. But with Rondo, you could do that, and he's still kicking out. And he's a decent finisher, but what he does is so unique. There have not been many players like him in the history of the NBA. It is just amazing right. to watch. I bet if he was like, if you put him back in the 70s, people would be talking about him as a top 10 player of all time because they'd be like, this guy could pass unbelievably. But unfortunately, he plays in a, in a game where it's all three-point shooting. Yeah. Then, that, that, then that's all I have for my NBA. I don't have anything else except the Nets are playing well, <laughs> as always. Got to mention hey, that. Got to mention them. We also got to mention uh, we are kind of anti-nuggets here on this podcast. For sure. Uh, they are still struggling on the road, as as you especially pointed out initially predicted. They're going to be bad on the road. They're 14-7 and seven at home. They are 4-14 four and 14 on the road, Oof. which is just exactly what we talked about. And this is a, a very mediocre Nuggets team that wouldn't be – I wouldn't be surprised being out of the playoffs, despite – all the analytics coming into the year, for some reason, to some people, suggesting they were going to be the next Golden State Warriors. As against the Warriors as you are, even when you would agree, that is a slight against the Warriors to say that the Nuggets yep. are the next Warriors. Oh, yeah, that's a huge slight. I'm glad to see the Nuggets. And I knew that they were going to struggle. They always do this. They get like a decent group of guys that really aren't any superstars, and they think. And every time Jokic does something like incredible – I hear about it. If he has one good pass, man, I'm going to watch that pass like 25 times on every highlight channel, which I hate. Um, okay, last thought. Ryan Anderson, I was watching the Houston game the other day. Ryan Anderson shoots abysmal at home, but is great away. Isn't that the weirdest thing ever? Is- he shoots, He shoots, and I'm not kidding, I'm not making these up, 60% free throws at home, 90% away. That makes no sense. No sense at all. He averages 10 less points at home. So I don't know what is going on in Houston, but he's like the, he's like the anti Nuggets or the he's like the Nuggets. He should join the Nuggets. That makes no sense. It's crazy. I'd it's like the that. craziest. Yeah, it's the craziest thing ever. I I saw it because he was just he was bricking them, man. And you know he's like eight hundred feet behind the line. He's <laughs> like on true. planet planet Jakku launching shots. Hey, it's a real planet. Star yeah, it's Wars. A real planet, nice baby. job. You're welcome. I told you I was a buff, but. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. He needs to move closer or something. That's crazy. That's amazing. All right, that'll do it for basketball talk down the stretch. As we said, per listener feedback, we're talking less basketball, so we saved the basketball talk to, like, the final 10 minutes. So let us know. We always love feedback. So any feedback you have, if you hated an episode, if you loved it, if you didn't like what we talked about, let us know because we want people, whoever listens to this, to at least enjoy it and have a good time. So uh, it was a good time. And it's 30 degrees here, so I'm in a good mood. I'm doing great. And, uh, Calum, any last thoughts? Uh, no last thoughts to me. I just got to give a shout-out to uh, Treeho24 <laughs> for, the, for the feedback. You know who you are. I won't call you out via name. But if you get all the way to this point and you hear your name, your username, you know what's up. We talked about all the things you wanted me to talk about. So there you go. <laughs> wow. That's your username? Yeah, Treeho24. Good choice. Good choice. All right. That'll do it. Another episode of the podcast. We're going to be back. Are we going to be back next week? Are you going to be busy? You got something going on? Uh, Sunday? No, because I got Monday off. I should be good. I should be good. Well, there you go. We'll be back Sunday. (laughs)